Hello and welcome to the Smash View podcast. My name is Sean Hurst and I work as the International Technical Director for Smash. It has been a year since we started to face the new reality of working from home. There have been many changes and adjustments to deal with. In today's podcast, we will discuss what the next year or even five years will look like. I'm joined by Mel Newton. Hi, Mel. It's great to have you with us today. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Hi there. So, um, Mel Newton, uh, I'm a partner in our financial services team uh, in KPMG's consulting group. Um, I've been with uh, KPMG for about two years, and I focus on anything to do with people, organization design, culture, and workforce. You must have seen some some big changes over the last year. What, what, what do you think has been the biggest change you've seen that's impacted our working environment over the last 12 months? I think it's probably twofold. One is the immediate move to, to being able to work at, at home effectively with the tools and the, the um, access to systems and security that we needed immediately. So organizations moved very quickly to that. I think in the longer term, the, the, the most difficult thing we're going to look back on is, is is the culture of working with hybrid teams and all of the things that need to change to make that really effective. Um, so just just the idea of, of chairing a meeting when you've got a, a team of people that you can't see, um, having protocols for putting your hand up or um, however you want to work as a team, all of all of that is something that we're going to have to learn to do properly over the next 12 months. I think that's the, you know, that, that leads straight into the, the next question I had and it actually answers it somewhat. But what, you know, we've asked what businesses found the most challenging element to adapt to, but what have employees found the most challenging element to adapt to? I think what you've just mentioned is obviously some key components, but there's a lot of others as well. I know personally for myself, some of the challenges I've faced, but what do you think, um, people have found the most difficult? It's, it's interesting because when you talk to um, to individuals, I think each individual has, has found, this, found this more challenging in, in different ways. So um, thinking about the sort of grouping of individuals, there are probably a fairly traditional cadre um, who miss um, the uh, environment of the office, um, the element of, of influence and dare I say it power over teams and being um, in, in front of individuals. There are others who have um, found that working from um, from home doesn't provide them with the social uh, access that they would they would like. For me that's actually more a part of lockdown than it is hybrid working. But anyway, um, there are other other people who've who've actually found some of these things much easier. If you if you look at uh, more introverted individuals um, in a physical space, face to face, they've actually started to to find their voice and to find it a much more uh, effective way of working um, in, in in a hybrid model. So it, it's really down to individuals and their individual circumstances. That's an interesting point that about the the introverts actually. I've seen that with a couple of people on on my team and some of my colleagues as well, especially in the tech industry. There are, you know, there are quite a few introverted individuals and a lot of extroverted mm. as well. But the introverts, <laughs> they, I think they they find that their energy gets sapped quite a lot uh, when they are in a group environment, um, you know, face to face, that sort of thing. So working from home maybe gives them a little bit more energy and allows them to focus more on the tasks that they're doing rather than the social interactions. So I think that's actually quite a good point to, to consider. Um, exactly. And 
you know, I think the social aspect, yeah, it is. That's just a general lockdown issue, you know, not, not being able to interact, not just with your colleagues, but your family and friends. But that, that's certainly something we've, we've had to adapt to. And uh, yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, I, I think people have, have, when you talk to organizations that are considering modes of work, so you know, you have different modes of work that require different physical workspaces. So if you're a construction engineer, a lot of the time you need to be physically on site to be able to do the work. Well, that's the same for some of our I know, people that work on, on secure deals or um, they might be working facilities, for example, they have to be in the physical space. The other end of the spectrum, that's there's if you're sitting down and writing a long report, actually it's probably preferable to be um, to be you know, in your own study or at home somewhere where you can find a quiet space. Um, but so to different, there are different modes of work and most organizations have, have been working out their hybrid working based on those, those modes. And they haven't really considered um, that some of these difficulties will be lifted once lockdown is lifted. And hybrid working in a free society, if you like, where we're not facing the the uh, difficulties of a pandemic, will again be different to what we're experiencing at the moment. Um, and I think there'll be a lot more positives coming out of hybrid working in that environment. So some of the positives, I think, are, are absolutely, there was a big question mark over productivity. And I think most organisations um, in the service industry, it's a bit more difficult to demonstrate productivity. Um, it tends to, you would tend to look at the drivers for productivity rather than the measure itself. But um, we're seeing organizations pretty comfortable with the type of work they're getting. There is a balance of quid pro quo between the organization and the employee of, of what the positives and negatives are. So, you know, if you if you live 30, 40 miles away from your place of work, you've got additional time um, at home. You've got um, a reduction in the, the cost of, of getting to, to, to the physical office. Um, you know, we're much more relaxed about um, when we can take breaks, people who have childcare responsibilities or uh, elderly care responsibilities, you know, it, that, that can all be much more flexible. And from a um, diversity and inclusion point of view, that's that's a very attractive um, model. Equally, for um, for organisations, um, there's a, there's a bit of a balancing here, which is I don't have to spend two hours travelling. In, in and out of the office. Well, actually, typically, I'm probably going to spend at least one of those hours um, just working a bit longer and, and finishing stuff off. Um, and um, I know a number of organizations are also looking at um, uh, salaries, London waiting. Um, they no longer have to provide gyms and canteens and all of those sorts of things, which were part of the employee value proposition. So there's a bit of a balancing act here in terms of, of the pluses and minuses. And I'm sure those will be will, will come down to be pretty even at the end of the day. Absolutely. I think the, the analysis on this, uh, you know, the post analysis, once we are getting back to some sort of other normality where COVID is no longer the key concern, and we are maybe back in the office for a couple of days a week, there will be a bit of a wash up in terms of what businesses have actually realized over the past 12 months or so and you know maybe there's going to be some practices there that they're going to continue like you say you know we've got pretty expensive london offices from for many of the organizations that i work with do they need to have such big premises uh you know the cost savings there alone could be substantial um there's also the the 
ecological aspect of this if people aren't commuting as much I mean, what impact is that having you know is, are we contributing to to a more uh, green way of working so uh, it's definitely some interesting things from that perspective for, from a from a technology perspective i mean if we think about where we're going with this and obviously considering some of the things we've discussed some of the challenges some of the benefits uh, what do you see the trends going forward uh, as businesses plan for their future working environment? You know, we've obviously seen the prolific rise of, of tools like Zoom and, and Microsoft Teams have been innovating and they have also seen massive acceleration and growth and plenty of other tools like that. What other tools, uh, maybe beyond communication tools, do you think that businesses will start embracing? And, and what sort of trends do you think they're going to start moving towards in the next you know, 12 months. So interestingly, um, I, I mean, some, some really obvious ones in terms of um, um, software to help organize um, access to a physical space. So let's assume just for a second that you're an organization that's decided we're going to work. At, we're only going to come into the physical office to collaborate as teams or with clients or for a social type event. So we're going to be working in, in a much more sort of open plan collaborative space. So one of the things that you're going to need in place is some sort of uh, tooling to help you book your space in the office. Because what we don't want is all of the teams deciding on the same day to come in um, and we won't have space for them all to come in. So all of that sort of facilities management, office access. Um, we're seeing organizations with um, software to um, record um, temperature checks, uh, access to the building, um, the number of times, the number of people that have got into the lift. So a lot of this kind of office facilities um, uh, type software is, is, is definitely emerging. I think um, the other side of that is we're seeing um, different requirements from, for example, our um, um, contact centre um, service systems. So all of the telephony and so on, which in the past has all been within a physical space. And now that's having to be linked up to people's home working spaces. So interestingly, I think the requirements for um, for home office workings, I home home equipment and systems is going to be much more focused on networking capability, security for data, um, uh, uh, the speed of access to systems when, when you're sitting elsewhere. So we're going to see things like the backbone of broadband across the UK getting a lot of focus because um, that's going to need to, to be boosted. Um, a, little, a little bit like when you, you mentioned the ecological side of this, we also need to think about um, the efficiency of, of heating homes and that sort of thing, because um, with us all working in our home environment, you could argue that there's actually an increased um, ecological burden, particularly during the winter months. And, and we're going to see technologies emerging for you know, solar paneling, much more efficient um, insulation and, and those sorts of things. So some, some really interesting um, um, emerging themes across the kind of widest sense of technology. Off the back of what you've just been saying and what we've been discussing about what's coming over the next one year, two years, etc., uh, what should businesses start doing now to prepare? Because, you know, we're hopefully coming out of lockdown in uh, in the next few months and businesses have been preparing. I, I know they have. Uh, they have been discussing that with myself and I'm sure with yourself as well. But what should they be doing What that maybe you think they aren't doing just yet? 
So I, I, I think through through like lockdown, we made we made our technology and our processes and our interactions, behaviors, culture, etc. work. So we adapted it to some extent, but really we've just made it work in a in a, a remote a remote working environment. I think the organizations that are going to pull ahead over the next year or two are those who are now going back to the drawing board and saying, right, what do we want our future workforce workplace to be like? What's the work we're going to do? What are the capabilities we need? Then having a think about, well, what does that mean in terms of people's um, physical working environment? Have we got them set up right at, when they're working at home? How, how much of the time are they going to need to be in the office? Are we going to offer them complete flexibility? To, to come to a physical office you know, when it's when you're traveling with purpose if you like as opposed to just turning up yeah. and if you do all of those things then dropping out of it there's going to be physical space requirements there's going to be technology requirements um, and there's going to be uh, um, your, your kind of physical um, home space as well so so making sure that everybody has that set up together with that we need to rethink um, our company culture from a behavioural point of view, what does that now mean if we're working in this sort of flex flexible um, hybrid environment? You mentioned trust really early uh, early on in, in in this discussion, and for me, one of the key things here is is that organisations and employees build will need to build more trust um, in terms of what you're being provided with, how you're being rewarded, but also the type of work and and the motivation and and effort that you're putting into your roles. So there's a kind of let's let's not let the tail wag the dog. Let's design the dog first, if you like, uh, and really design what do we want our world of work to be like, and then design it proactively. Don't just adapt what we had before and hope it works. I think it's it's interesting. It's it. You know, some people talk about this being a sort of generational view, um, but there there are certainly groupings of, of opinion, and there are we're seeing some organisations um, announcing um, we're not going to have any hybrid working. We're expecting everybody to be back in the office, um, suited and booted, and um, they kind of use the term back back to work slightly insulting i think given the amount of effort that a lot of people have put in over the last year um you know irrelevant of the the the, the whole pandemic piece but um and then there are other organizations who are taking this route to just just come in for purposeful purposeful travel come in if you need to see somebody or talk to somebody but otherwise stay at home and i i, I think the biggest challenge going forward is is to get that mix right um, this whole hybrid working environment is going to open up talent pools that, that we haven't seen before. So if you think from a, um, a, a DNI point of view, for example, trying to attract people from a um, disadvantaged social background means that you need to access um, physical locations where your physical office might not be. So how about you start recruiting uh, and have a recruitment drive specifically in those more disadvantaged areas. That's a that's a really attractive thing for an organisation to think about. Um, that there's it, it it really the challenge here is for organisations to be thinking proactively um, to how do you want um, to attract those that that increasingly open pool of talent. Um, how can you go after skills and capabilities that you might not have been able to attract before because you couldn't afford 
to have them travel towards you. You couldn't afford to pay the salaries to have them live in a um, commutable area um, around your physical space. That's that's now potentially all gone, um, particularly across the UK. I know there are some tax implications for the for the wider talent pool, but certainly across the UK, um, you know, there's there's a whole um, challenge here to, to make sure that you, your organisation continues to be um, a, 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 a beacon of, of, of talent talent attraction. And I think the organisations that are saying we're going to go back to working in the physical space all of the time with no flexibility are going to find that difficult. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it really does open things up quite a lot. You know, who's to say that you have to hire someone from the London area and that's where it's going to, you know, where you're going to get the best talent. That's not necessarily the case. Um, there's a wider country to consider and there might be some really good talent outside of those areas. And and certainly yeah, it, it opens that up and it opens up that opportunity and makes it a bit more of a reality uh, with yeah. us, with us having the capabilities of working from home in a very productive manner being able to hire people that are on the other side of the country is is now a real option rather than something that was a bit of a challenging proposition. So no, that's yeah. certainly going to be an interesting thing going forward. So let's move on to, I mean, we've talked about the next year, the next two years, that, that's the, the short term. But, but let, let's really look forward. Let, let's, let's look at the next five, 10, or even 15 years going forward. Um, I think we've got a good view of of where things are heading I, I think where we are today the type of work we're doing today regardless of whether there was a pandemic or not I believe we would have got to this point eventually I think we were moving there slowly digital transformation was certainly happening I just think it was heavily accelerated by the pandemic especially in in some of the industries where you can work from home the non-service industries but if we look at the next 5 10 15 years, what what do you think that actually looks like? I know it's looking far into the future, but it, it'd be interesting to hear your insights on that. You're right. I think there were there were trends around globalization, um, networking, connected individuals, uh, digitalization, artificial intelligence, all these things. We've probably seen five years worth worth of of development in that space in the last twelve months. So it's just massively accelerated, and organisations that probably talked about it a little bit in the past, have actually realized that they they can do it. So there's a massive, if you like, you know, terrible that it's in the context of a pandemic, but it's provided us with a massive case for change to prove that these things work. So I think we're going to see um, we're going to see that these trends that have been accelerated continuing to be at an accelerated rate. I think organizations are going to take bold, big decisions um, on 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 their kind of work environment, the sort of work they do, how they build skills, how they source um, source the work. Um, you talked a little bit about not having a 35-hour week or a 40-hour week and people just being able to spend bits of time. I, I think we're going to see the whole um, kind of skills and capability source uh, accessed in a very different way by businesses. Um, and um, it's going to be much more fluid um, whether that's within the bounds of a single organization or whether 
individuals now spend, I don't know, 20 weeks, 20 hours a week working with one organization and 15 with another, um, because actually they're just employed for that that skill set and that outcome uh, during a particular period. Um, I, I, I uh, slightly giggle to myself because when I, being being the age I am, when I think about um, kind of what does the future look like, I, I always think of Woody Allen's sleeper film. Um, but I can see a little bit of that happening. I can see us um, generally working um, w- work in a very flexible environment, um, yeah, pretty much anywhere, anytime that, that suits you, um, and being recognized by organizations for the, for the actual skills you're br- bringing rather than necess- necessarily your, your sort of supervisory management time we still need really good people managers and we really need we could need good team managers but we don't really need supervisors anymore as such um, so I think we're going to see flexible roles I think we're going to see flexible workspace I think we're going to see um, uh, everything delivered um, in a cloud environment um, because we don't want to carry things with us and we'll carry little portals that can access whatever we want to at any time um, some of the challenges here are obviously things like cybersecurity, which is ongoing an issue, um, uh, and um, people's health and uh, physical and um, mental well-being. Um, but those can be massively improved by by simply spending more time or less time traveling and more time being able to access nature and, and the outdoors. I think that's a key takeaway for me, and it's a word I'm, I would associate with uh, what's happening in the future is flexibility. I think that's that's going to be key. Uh, you know, it certainly makes me think what you've just been saying. Uh, not only flexibility with time, but flexibility with who you work for. Will you be doing forty hours a week with one company? Do you need to be? Could it be split amongst two or three different companies based on your specific skill set or what value you bring? So it'll be more value oriented oriented rather than uh, time oriented. Uh, you know, results-oriented. So I think that's certainly going to be a key feature going forward. People will, I, th- I think, based off what, what's happened the last 12 months and what's coming over the next couple of years, uh, the trust that, that employers have over their employees, that'll extend into being able to accommodate those flexible working arrangements. So that's certainly going to be fascinating over those next the, the coming years. You mentioned cloud. I, th- I think that... That is actually something, a very pointed, specific thing that has changed, especially in the in the type of um, business areas that I work with, which is the conservative banking environment. Cloud has not necessarily been something that has been openly embraced by these more conservative type companies, heavily regulated companies. They want to keep control of their data. But there really hasn't been a choice. You've had to embrace cloud uh, over the last year, at least. And we're all, we were all heading towards a cloud-type environment. That was always going to happen. But like you said, five years' worth of digital transformation in the last year, absolutely. I, I think that's happened. So while we were heading there, that has been accelerated as well. I've seen a far more open attitude towards moving to cloud. Some of our most conservative clients that kept telling us your solution being in the cloud, it's all great and good that it's as performant as it is and scalable and secure, but we still want to keep control of our data on premise. It might be a little bit more expensive in the long run, but it doesn't matter. This is how we're doing things. Whereas now, you know, six months down the line, 
we're having those conversations again and they're saying, tell us a little bit more about that because cloud is the way forward. You know, if we consider you renting that, that sort of environment rather than owning it and having to manage it on premise, it's, it, it's, it certainly just makes sense, but it's also going to enable us to do a lot more. The, the cloud technologies that are out there, some fascinating things. Would we have been able to have responded to what's happened over the last year to the pandemic, to being in lockdown, would we, would we have been able to respond if we didn't have tools like Zoom, which is obviously cloud-based, which was able to mm. scale massively uh, right up front, 5,000% increase month on month for the first few months in terms of the number of users that they were bringing on board. There's no way you can do that with an on-prem solution that's not scalable. So it's certainly something that I think has opened a lot of people's eyes, and I find it fascinating, uh, the, the shift in attitudes. So from my perspective, the flexibility side, absolutely, I think that is going to be fascinating from a people perspective and from how people work. From a technology perspective, broadly speaking, cloud is is going to be key. Uh, it's yeah, certainly going to be interesting times going forward. So are there any other things? I mean, if you think about from a, a person perspective, I, I guess you have kind of covered that by talking about people's flexible working hours and you know, maybe flexible in terms of the companies they work for. But what other things do you think from, a, from an actual employee perspective over the next 5, 10, 15 yeah. years? So it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because we're going to have to think about really just entering the, the workplace. They may be sharing a flat with three other people and they're all sat at the kitchen table and, and, and that's very, very difficult. I think we're going to just have to think about what are all the implications of um, potentially having pe- more people work more locally. So there's kind of leveling up agenda that the, the government's talked about um, wanting to get more work out of the big cities and, and more into, into local areas. Um, I think we're going to see things like, you know, local, the boom for local restaurants, local facilities, um, the use of local sports centres, um, all these sorts of things where you had to go and join it. You know, if you were working in London or Manchester or Edinburgh, you had to go and join an you know, expensive gym and eat expensive sandwiches and so on, because that's that's what the setup was. I think we're going to see a lot more levelling up across the UK. And um, I, I, for me, that's that's a good thing. That's that's a, the opportunity to to you know, rebuild potentially, um, not notwithstanding sort of online online shopping, but when it's all back open up again, we may see a bit of a resurgence of the local high street because more people are uh, living and working uh, in in close proximity to their home. But that also means that that we're going to have to think about how we reward individuals because their physical space at home will be as important as their physical space that you offer them in in, a, in an office. Um, and as I said, for some of those more, um, the people who are just entering the workforce haven't yet perhaps bought their own house or um, live in, the, in a flat on their own, um, we're going to have to think about how we can provide them with safe and um, efficient workspaces at home. We may see a plethora of local office buildings set up, you know, sort of WeWorks type thing, um, where you can just access it that within walking distance of your of your physical home. So, I think we're going to see a very different setup of people's expectations of of going to work. Absolutely, I think there's going to always be a need for office space uh, with people coming together, uh, having that social 
interaction it's hugely important for productivity and i know i miss it personally so it will still be there um but yeah definitely i think businesses are going to have to reconsider their policies and procedures that they have in place today and and also things like benefits that they provide i mean that's going to be a key change as well some of the benefits that you might have today are very specific to you know, having having an, you in the office every day, things like a canteen, you know, changing the way that that works. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how quickly, number one, people adjust to that, uh, businesses, how, how quickly businesses will adjust to changing those things, but also what they change them to. So, I, yeah, the next five, five, I would hate to actually even try and guess as to what the next 10, 15 years are going to look like. But I think in the next five years, what we've been speaking about is certainly, I think, a high probability of happening. So what excites you most about this future? You, you've touched on a few points, but but if you had to choose one or two things that, that really excites you about the, the, the longish term future, what, what would they be? So I think two or three things. One is is the opportunity for individuals to focus on the kind of value add to the work that matters uh, and moving quickly to digitalization of repetitive admin tasks. I think secondly, the leveling up agenda across the whole of the UK. I think that's something that we had all been facing um, in this country, particularly um, as a problem. Uh, You know, we all heard about the terrible commutes that people were having into London Bridge, for example, and we've all been in a tube, you know, um, um, uh, nose to arm with with somebody that you're standing next to. So all of that sort of commute and the, the, the kind of potential, as I said, we haven't solved it yet, but the potential longer term to, to have a really positive effect on the ESG agenda, both from an environmental point of view, but also from a social point of view. So all of the DNI elements um so i think all of that all of that really excites me that we can actually just the kind of grim gray office trudge that we were all facing in most days of the week it could be a thing of the past i'll look forward to the future (laughs) i've I've enjoyed the working from home uh, element there there are certain things you obviously miss but i think i'm able to be more productive and you know, there are obviously certain things that need to be accommodated as well. I think going forward, things, changes that need to happen, and you've touched on a lot of them. And yeah, still, uh, there's going to be that time that we want to get into the office and, and see our colleagues and have those team meetings again face to face. So it'll be, uh, be good to have that happen in the next few months. So I, I just wanted to thank you so much for, for joining me today and, and sharing your insights, Mel. It's given me a lot to think about uh there's a lot of things that i hadn't really considered that you've certainly opened my eyes to and if i had to summarize you know there's a couple of key points that we've touched on today the number one thing i think is it's stuck with me here is what's going to happen in the future in terms of flexibility and, that, and that's not necessarily just the five years ten years I'm, I'm thinking now in the next few months in the next year the next two years we're going to see that uh, increase in flexibility across so many different areas in the way we work uh, the hours that we work the, the times of day that we work so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that but that, that's certainly a key takeaway for me is to consider flexibility and you know, how that is going to impact us. And I think for the most part in a very positive way. Um, the other elements as well, I, it's something I've said in, in previous Smash View podcasts. I think that 
businesses have actually responded pretty impressively in such a short amount of time for what, what's what's come in the last 12 months. And I think, you know, we've got to put some faith in them. They're going to respond just as well going forward over the next year, two years. And, you know, as long as they take into consideration some of the, the, the items that you've raised, I think that's going to certainly, it's going to point to a brighter future. So, yeah, for me, flexibility is, is my key takeaway. Uh, anything from your angle, from your side, that, that you think is a, is a key takeaway from what we've discussed? I think the key takeaway is don't assume this will all sort itself out. Um, get at, get thinking about what you want your future organization and your world of work to be to be like. Be proactive and plan. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been the Smash View podcast. And if you want to learn more about Smash, please visit smash.com. And thank you all for listening. Bye.